You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou... Well, during the summer months, my father-in-law, my father-in-law owns a house in South Jersey, so during the summer months, I frequently find myself batching it, as they say, um, fending for myself on the weekends, and this is one of those where my, uh, my wife and my kids are down helping my father-in-law at the house or just relaxing down there while I'm here doing stuff and catching up. And um, this is, uh, I've, I've learned to kind of enjoy these times because these are an opportunity for me to watch all the movies my family hates. Um, and, and I have the ones like that, that put my wife to sleep, like the 13th Warrior and the one she hates to watch with me, like Patton. Um, but of late, my, my, my joy has been to get back to the old Sherlock Holmes as I love Sherlock Holmes. I've read all the stories. I've watched, I think, just about every version of Sherlock Holmes ever filmed. My favorite is the Jeremy Brett series that were done by the BBC in the mid-90s. He was definitely the best Sherlock Holmes ever, in my, my opinion. Um, although I like the modern one with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, where it, it's set in 21st century London. I thought that, that was pretty well done, too. Um, but I've been enjoying watching those again. And um, it put me in mind of a joke I heard about Sherlock Holmes I wanted to... Uh, to tell you to start off my sermon. Um, Sherlock Holmes, of course, and Watson are good friends, and they take a break from crime fighting and sleuthing, and they decide to go out and go camping together. And um, they get out there, and they, they pitch their tent, and they set up their campfire. They make a good meal, and they sit around talking all night long, as people will do, and, and finally they decide to retire and, and go to bed. And so what uh, they do? Well, in the middle of the night, Holmes opens his eyes and says, Watson, look up at the stars and tell me what you see. Well, if you know the the dynamic between Watson and Holmes, Holmes is always testing Watson to see if he can pick up any of his brilliance, any of his deductive method. Looking out at Alyssa because she's studying to be a CSI-style forensic person. Um, And uh, so Watson knows it's a test. So he looks up at the stars and he says, Well, astronomically, I see that there are millions of stars with potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I see that Saturn is in Leo. Orologically, I can tell that it's around quarter after three in the morning. Theologically, I see that God is almighty for he holds all of this in the palm of his hands. And meteorologically, I see that we'll have a nice day tomorrow. Holmes sighs with exasperation and says, Watson, you idiot, someone has stolen our tent. miss the obvious in our seeking of the spectacular and the extraordinary. And it's just that way with the Holy Spirit. 
We seek signs and wonders to prove the existence of the Holy Spirit, even though Jesus warns us that only a wicked and adulterous generation seeks a sign. And we miss the work of the Holy Spirit that the Scripture tells us He does in our midst. In our letter of St. Paul to the church in Corinth today, it's important not to miss the tone of voice, so to speak, in which St. Paul speaks. He is exasperated with them. Because they're addicted to this. They want the extraordinary gifts. They want to see a sign and a wonder. And so he's like, you want signs? I can boast. Let me tell you about a couple. I know a guy who was dragged up to heaven while he was in the Lord. Now, scholars think that St. Paul was, many scholars at least, seem to think that St. Paul was speaking of himself here, but he didn't want to draw attention to himself. He's trying to get their attention where it's supposed to be, on Jesus. I can brag about this great stuff that's happened, he says, but whether or not it was St. Paul or a friend of his, he points out that it's better to be weak so that Christ is glorified. That way I know the power is not in me. The attention is not being drawn to me. The attention is going where it belongs. They wanted a sign when they'd already had portrayed for them the Lord of glory crucified that they might be saved. The the purpose, the primary miracle of the Holy Spirit does is to draw our eyes to Christ and engender faith in Him. You know, there's only one miracle in the Scriptures that we're told heaven rejoices at. And that's the repentance of one sinner. One person who was facing away from God and turned back is the only miracle that they celebrate in heaven. And that is the miracle that the apostles are sent out to preach today in our gospel reading. I feel bad for Jesus in this one. You see, it's a watchword among pastors. It's it's conventional pastoral wisdom. You never go back to the church that raised you. Because the minute you have a piece of contention, you look at someone and say, I don't think the Bible says that. They look back at you and say, I remember when I learned you your ABCs. You're going to tell me how scripture reads? (laughs) He goes to his hometown and they can't see him in any other way than they've seen him before. They keep wanting to push him into a mold that's comfortable for them, that fits their preconceptions about him. They cannot see him as the king over the kingdom he's proclaiming. They cannot see Him as the Christ sent into the world for the sake of their salvation. And so, because they can't trust that, because they don't have that kind of faith, His ability to act in their midst seems limited. In the the very first proclamation Jesus gives publicly in the Gospel of Mark, the first letters in red, if you have one of those kind of Bibles, are the... The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent means to turn around, to turn to a new way. And they can't turn from their old ways of thinking about Jesus to the new way that sees Him as the Lord of glory, as the Christ given for their salvation. 
And yet that's what the apostles are sent out to do. And as they do, the wonders and the signs start in their midst. But the most powerful, most amazing miracle, most clear evidence of the Holy Spirit is that people are coming to faith in Christ. And that is, that is the miracle that's evident among us this morning. That we are gathered in a house committed to the proclamation of the gospel, the proclamation that Christ is Lord. Is a miracle. That we, any of us, despite our doubts, despite our failings, despite the questions we have that remain yet unanswered, are gathered here, and that there are answers for our questions, is a miracle. Because our desire is earnestly to run away from God, to push Him into a box of our preconceptions. And it is, I think, not too much to say that every time in church history that the church has gotten off base, the church has done things of which we are now ashamed as Christians and by which we are embarrassed and of which we need to repent and come back to the foot of the cross, it's because the church has started talking about God in the abstract like philosophers do, rather than talking about Jesus in the concrete, as Christians do. That we are gathered in the name of Christ and being drawn toward Him through the power of His Word is the most amazing miracle and the clearest evidence of the Holy Spirit among us that we could ask for. Repeat after me. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You know the scriptures say you can't say that without the presence of the Holy Spirit? If you wondered where the Holy Spirit was in your life, that you could say that is evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. I want you to hear what Martin Luther said about this in his small catechism. This is not originally a book that we hand out to confirmands. This was originally a poster that you would pass by on your way into church so you could talk about it at home. Reflecting on the third article of the Apostles' Creed, which we'll speak together in a moment, which is, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Dr. Luther says, what does that mean? And here's his answer. I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the Gospel, enlightened me with His gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. The chief office, the chief ministry of the Holy Spirit is to draw us unto Christ our Lord to turn our eyes to the cross. Whatever other miracles He may choose to give are nothing but icing on the cake. Because it is our trust in Christ that will save us. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Blessed, holy, and heavenly God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we begin to reflect 
on the power of the Spirit, the person of the Spirit in our midst. Help us remember and celebrate that the chief miracle is that our eyes are drawn to our Lord and Savior Jesus. Help us to truly see that as a miracle. Because knowing our own hearts, we would rather rebel than trust. Trust specifically in Him, especially when His words challenge us. Help us, Lord, to do that. And as we begin this journey, help evermore the fruit of the Spirit be born into our lives. That love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control might be evident among us and testify to Him whose character that represents even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life.